the project. Kuwait. Learn. So, Larson, are you going to run down the show for us? What are the segments today, man? Um, We're going to talk about first parenting and is it easy or not? Good parenting, bad parenting. And then we're going to tie that into puberty, normalizing puberty. And then after that, we are going to talk about family time. All this and more in today's episode. You've got a smart kid. Oh, yeah. Thank God. He is very smart. Thank you so much. very smart. When he wants to be, that is. Yeah. Come on, aren't we all? Come on. You remember when you were a teenager? Yeah, bro. I don't think I was that smart as a teenager. I don't Did you read? You don't look like the reading type. I didn't read that much. No, I didn't read. I was just practical. And I think maybe that's the reason. Just so I everyone become... knows, she is a psychologist. <laughs> she did read. She did well, read I can read, college. But obviously I read in college. But it wasn't like some of my favorite activity. Do you ever get in trouble as a teenager? No. I was such a good kid. I guess because I had a sister that always gave my mom a hard time. And I felt like I couldn't do that. I felt bad for my parents. The one that's older than me, she was like really hyper and feisty. And and then I also saw how she was getting punished. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to Sounds like there. you're just driving me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, dude, what about you? Do you, you get in trouble? In my middle school years, I get in trouble like a lot. Like I'm like that drama type who's like always in the tea and who wants to know what's going on in everyone's life and doesn't care about my own life. That's, that's right. my problem. So that's my son. I feel like maybe it's the age thing, but I just don't like this idea of gossiping. But I think also a part of his teenage, like he wants to help all his friends, but then while he's, he can focus, he's helping friends. He's not being able to pay attention to his Yeah, mates. I focus, my, I help my friends strive and then I put myself down. So Yeah, he gets punished by, uh, I mean, he's always on. Uh, oh, you're mean. He's trying to help people out. <laughs> No, but then when your grades are down and the teacher's complaining that mm-hmm. he's distracted all the time, what are you going to do? Well, maybe he's bored at school. You've said that. Kids get bored at school. It's true. Sorry, and I'm, I defend, think... I'm defending you, man. Thank you. Back here, all right? Thank you so much. All right, I got into a lot of trouble when I was your age, so I know what it's like there. Really? <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I never got caught. <laughs> I was too smart to get caught. He always gets caught. That's the other no thing. matter what I do is I always get caught. <laughs> now, wait, do you set yourself up to get caught? I have this thing where I think I'm being sneaky, but it's so obvious what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they, you're going to give them tips on how to be sneaky without getting caught? <laughs> I can't do that because I'm so bad at that. I think, dude, you're going to give it away to all the parents of how to catch their kids right yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think that's part of parenting? I mean, do you feel like I monitor you too much? Like, am I right? Yeah, I feel like it's good to monitor your kids, but not too much uh, because then they feel like they're being watched 24-7 like my mom it's fine she likes to be like what are you doing now what is this we have cameras around the house I feel like it's a little whoa, too whoa, much whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hold on a second hold on you got cameras around the house well you know what I've had the cameras because I had small kids and ever I'm since then been... <laughs> I'm so tired in laughter I'm sorry but you know when they were kids I had to have cameras because I work all the time yeah, right yeah. and then you know and here, you know that they're they're with the nannies all the time. So ever since then, I've, I've kept the I'm cameras going. My mother just got cameras. <laughs> she, she did? She's having a field day. <laughs> she's like, I can't believe that damn maid's doing this. <laughs> but now she got the cameras. So yeah. See, when they're small, and I figured like they couldn't yeah. really tell me. And when you're out of the house like me, like I saw them in the morning and then I see them the next morning because my schedule is so packed. I felt like I needed something. But you know, the thing is, is that I'm not on the camera that much. And at first, like, yeah, like your mom, I probably looked at it, but now I have it. And so it's true. 
But the cameras are not really to monitor you. I mean, sometimes maybe to make sure we're like, are you guys okay? But you feel like I'm a little bit too strict about things. Is that what you I mean, saying? like, it's not that I'm too strict. It's just like, I want to have fun in my room or whatever I'm doing. And then I'd call. She's like, Larson, why are you doing that? As <laughs> It's like me and my sister. The other day we were cleaning the room, right? And we were playing superheroes with the mops. And what are they called? The swiper thingies? The long ones. Yeah, I don't know what those I are don't called. Know. Yeah, we were playing with them. Yeah. And we were laughing. And then all of a sudden I hear the phone. She's like, Larson, stop playing with the cleaning supplies. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good though. That's good. That's, that's, a, that's really good. He's playing with his little sister. Yeah, he is playing you know, with they're, his They're sister. like play fighting with like cleaning supplies. I mean, I hope you weren't throwing bleach at <laughs> No, we were throwing bleach at anything. No, we were, we were pretending we were in some TV show. And we're like, I'm going to defeat you, Mr. Clorox. That is amazing. He's teaching his little sister how to be creative. Yeah. Yeah, he That's is awesome. actually. He is. If he can finish his homework. Ooh, snap. You know? Yeah, she got you there, man. She definitely got So you. what he does is that he gets distracted. He's very creative. So he's got an imagination, which is amazing. And I think this imagination is really going to help him far. But at the same time, he gets distracted. He would rather go do a TikTok or he could play with his sister uh, okay, than doing point. his homework. Can I tell him a story without getting in trouble? By yeah. you? So when I was four or five years old, I was in kindergarten. And I stole a rock from the mall once, our really? local mall. Yeah, and I, I used went to do that all school. the time, like those little pebbles. In the- no, no, it was one of these big soft oh. rocks. Like it was from the water fountain. I, you know, <laughs> I stole it. And we had show and tell. I went into show and tell. I said, "Oh, this. Oh, you know, do you ever watch the movie Narnia? I've heard of it. The kids go in, they open up mm. the closet, and it opens up a new world. Yeah. So I went in for show and tell. I was like, "Oh, this is a special rock. You know, it opens up a huge treasure chamber that my grandfather had for me." Oh. All of a sudden, I'm in like shrinks offices, getting brain scans and shit. And I'm like, what's going on here? And they had told my mother that I would never learn how to tie my shoes. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. All because I had a vivid imagination. Oh, jeez. That is so sad. And it killed it. That's Luckily, sad. till this day, I still am creative with some things. Yeah. Like for certain things, I'm very creative. But I can't read a fiction book. Uh. I just can't get into it. I can't imagine what is going on in the uh. book. And I go back to when I was a kid and my imagination was stifled. Keep that imagination, man. Sometimes the teacher doesn't want him to daydream and doesn't want him to be creative. And he is so creative and he has such a vivid of imagination. But I feel like the school kills that. And then because the school is so practical and wants you to do this homework and do this, then I'm like, Larson, she said that you're daydreaming. Larson, you know, even though I'm a psychologist and I know what they're doing is wrong, But I also feel like as a mom, I want him to be able to finish his classes and be able to get good grade to pass to the next one. And so we're always caught between, should I allow him to live in his imagination and not kill it like yours was killed, Mahdi? Or do I say, forget about this, put it aside, and let's just concentrate for the whole year, concentrate on school. But I mean, like back then, they were more strict because that's when they were beating the kids. Back we're... then? Were you born back then? <laughs> no, I mean, like, no, I'm talking about you guys because how you guys are describing it to me is like... Because, oh, like hey, hold on, are you calling us <laughs> old? No, no, no. He's I'm calling like... me antique. <laughs> I'm not Go back a... to yourself, mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like back then, it was all beating. But now I feel like we've progressed and... School, I think school is still outdated and they still want to like on that strict, memorize, do this, books. But like we've evolved and I feel like imagination, because I'm still the kid who comes in with the most extra poster or project who gets A plus 100 because of how amazing it is, you see? And so, yeah, that's true. It is amazing. So you do you feel like the school needs to be 
much more open to this imagination. There should be more activities, mm. more projects to kids who have imagination. But they're doing a good job. It's slowly, you can't expect <clears throat> them to be like the next day 100%. It's slowly progressing. I can see it. In elementary, they do encourage it. High school now, I'm in high school now. I don't see it as much. They're always expecting essays and written work. And then I go in here, I'm like, I can't make a posters. But they don't give you like, all right, write a story. I mean, like, like, yes, we write a story, but now it's more on nonfiction, right? Personal experiences. And I have a habit of just dramatizing this story. So I'd be like, I got lost in Disneyland. All these people tried to kidnap me. I fought 20 characters. There's nothing wrong with that. No, but and then they would come I give up. The, I give the kid But in the school, what are they? You would get, I mean, I too. Give, and then they would come up to me. They're like, Larson, I told you to write a nonfiction story. I said, I based it on a nonfiction story. I did get lost in Disneyland. It's just that I like maybe made a little extra. Hold on, you lost your kid in Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I did. Sorry, I'm just joking. Actually, I did. <laughs> Okay. I did lose I him lost at DJ Disney. three times. <laughs> <laughs> I lost DJ three times in Atlanta. No, because there was another man that looked like my mom. And they were carrying the same stroller. Hold on, wait a second. There was a man that looked like <laughs> yes. your mother. I was like, I, I don't even now, know. Now, Dr. D, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I have no idea. I was like eight. And I was, I was walking around Disney. And we were entering this animal, what is it called? Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were all going in to watch this monkey show. And we were with all my cousins. And they were all like running and rushing in and me being the slow kid is like, I'll be behind you. Don't worry. <laughs> he was daydreaming and we didn't realize that he was behind us. <laughs> so we're like, I'll yeah. walk into this. And then I look around. I'm like, oh my God, where's Larson? Yeah. No, you were even smaller than eight. You, you must have been five or six. And Which, I was like, but it's common though. It's, it's definitely common. common. I see this, this, definitely this common. figure with the same outfit <laughs> as my mom just walking. I was on the other side of Disneyland. She was on one side, oh, I was wow. on the other. Wow. And I remember he sat me. I traumatized me, him. He sat me on a garbage can. He said, we will find your mother. <laughs> you still remember that? I still remember it. Wow. And wow, he found your brother. That's why I haven't gone to Disneyland since. <laughs> you were traumatized. I'm so traumatized. But you were, you were daydreaming. Even then, you were. I daydream all the time. So wait, you wrote a cool story. Yes. Which was very elaborate. You, yes. You know, you kind of had a fictional element. Yes, I was you like, fought off people. You yeah. were a superhero. Mm-hmm. And your teacher, what did they call you and say? They said, Larson, I told you to write a nonfiction story, not a fiction. I said, it's based on a nonfiction. She said, no, it has to be real events. I don't expect a six-year-old to fight 17 Mickey Mouses. <laughs> oh, my God. You're a teacher. I respect that. Mm-hmm. But some teachers are just flat out lazy. They are. Yeah, it's true. Like, they're just lazy. Like, I have a teacher. she will be like, okay, guys, I want you to make this big poster. I want three paragraphs on each topic and it's due tomorrow. Some teachers think like, <laughs> yeah, don't get in trouble with yeah. <laughs> the expectation it's but it's okay high. if they say to you like you know use your imagination and then this imagination is going to help you grow but they don't even like use the word imagination and then they call me and they're like well he daydreams too much he's got vivid of imagination and that's not going to work in this class or that class and then I have to come home and say you know Larson you just can't be imaginative <clears throat> you can't daydream and I think for a lot of parents I think that's really, really difficult. Here I am a psychologist and I know that that is not right. But still I come home and I say, look, Larson, you cannot daydream. You gotta be focused. I mean, the whole time I'm doing nothing but focus. This is not what they want. We gotta wait. So it puts word. a lot focus, of- Focus, focus. She's favorite. learned focus in many different languages. Now she's saying <laughs> attention in French. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I say, attention, attention. <laughs> if English doesn't work, I'll find French. <laughs> so it's like, it's true. But you know, I mean, what do you expect? I empathize with parents nowadays. It's parenting is such a difficult task because 
when you go to school, these teachers' expectation is very different. Then you feel like, okay, which one should I do? Should I do what I feel like it's right, but then does it not fit right in the school? And then he gets in trouble. And I'm sure there are parents out there that constantly struggle. Being a psychologist and I'm struggling, can you imagine? So it's That's true. so weird. I can't believe they do that in school because it's the teacher's job to find a way to educate you. That's their job. When I coach baseball, it's my job to get this child to understand how to catch a ground ball or hit a ball. Yeah, That's my job. I got to figure it out. And teachers are just lazy, man. Sorry. I'm sorry, dude. I feel bad because adults suck. Sorry. It's in my language. <laughs> it's a lot of things. It's like today he was saying to me, he's like, well, I wish if in school they would talk more about puberty as norm. And I was like, yeah, but living in this part of the world, I don't think we have a health education. Nope. And so we don't have health education. And as a parent, I feel like it puts a lot of stress on me, even with my nine-year-old. Like I bought her a book and we're talking about two books. And I would like, we read a chapter about, you know, what is puberty? What does your period going to look like? Like I'm educating her because we don't have that opportunity. And I know there are a lot of parents that are not comfortable with being able to speak. And he's like, mom, why do adults act like puberty is such a difficult thing to talk about? Like at school, it's like a secret topic. Everyone's like, did you do it yet? Did you hit puberty yet? (laughs) And I'm like, what? Yeah. And then I feel like whenever we have the conversation with our parents, it's like, you know, the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the thing. It should be normal. I know it's Kuwait and it's a very strict country, but we should at least have like sex ed at school or something like that. Yeah, that's right. That's true. That would help you. I I think a lot of parents should be comfortable. And I know a lot of parents are not really comfortable talking about it because they assume that they're going to learn it at school. Or And for me, to be honest, I'd rather for him to learn it from me and then his friends who are going to show him I mean, most of these teenagers are what? They're going online and they're watching different type of activities that's going to teach them what puberty is. I feel like here, as a parent, I recommend all parents to sit down and be able to discuss it and have an open discussion. Then it's not a taboo subject. Then whenever he has a certain experience and he can come to me and say, mom, you know, is this normal? Is it not normal? I mean, my daughter says it. Today we were, my daughter, we were going through this list of in the book about when you are going to have PMS. She's only nine, and I'm sure that she's going to have to buy maybe 10 or 11 nowadays. So the idea is like, yeah, if you have these symptoms, it's such a common language. Like we just sit around sometimes and we just like talk about, oh yeah, you know. And that's important. I mean, Haya taught me at first with DJ, we call genitalia's different names. Mm -hmm. And Haya taught me, you just call it what it is. Yeah. Tell them it's a penis. Yeah, exactly. Don't sexualize it. Don't give it that much attention. And sure enough, my son, unlike other kids that he hangs around with, doesn't make a big deal about it. Whereas other kids make a huge deal about it. And he said the word. No, he doesn't say it. Like if he does say it, we don't laugh. We don't do anything because it's just that's what you call. But it is a penis. That's what what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like sometimes it's okay. My private part. My daughter's like, it's a vagina. But from a psychological perspective. Doesn't that when you sort of turn it into something we shouldn't say or shouldn't do in public or whatever, That's right. doesn't that instigate them to do it more? Of, because it's like, of yeah, of course, of That's course. what I see more here. It's like, you can't do this. You can't do this. And the kids are like, I want to try it. I want to do it. I want to do it even yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And so, I feel like starting them at a young age really helps them. It's like, because my mom, she's starting my sister now at nine and it's going to be here soon. So she's preparing her so she doesn't panic. She's like, oh my God, mom. That's smart. No, that's but even really with smart. you, I don't feel like I prepared you enough though. Maybe because you're a guy. I mean, like, I yes. have much more common with Larsa. 
What do you think? Do you think having a discussion about it would have helped you more? I or? mean, like, yes, if I would have been prepared like my sister, I mean, like, I'm slowly hitting it. I'm so confused about How what's old going are on. you, dude? I'm 14. You're 14? Oh, yeah. man, you're good, dude. You don't have anything to worry about. I'm just for, so... for guys, it's easy. But I mean, the idea is, is that you're saying that even like walking around, I should be able to talk about puberty yeah. in general around here or in yeah. school. You don't really get that. Comfort. Like some other kid the other day came up to me. He's like, Larson, did you hit puberty yet? I said, what? Like, I don't even know what. He's like, Listen, did he hit puberty? I said, why is that your concern? <laughs> said, I just want to know. I was like, okay, yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, he looks at me in a weird way and then he just walks away. Wow. Wow. They still do that at school. Yeah. That's like a thing that's so weird. Kids get in trouble for talking about it in school, though. Like our principal is very strict about it. What about puberty exactly do you get in trouble it's for? It's like, from my perspective, you guys are telling your kids it's okay to say vagina and penis. But when they go to school and they're like, I need to use my pee-pee or my penis, then the teacher is going to be like, that's a bad word. Yeah, and that was my fear with DJ. Mm. And Hey was the one who said, look, if that happens, we just say, hey, we're teaching our son the anatomically correct way to say things. That's right. But, but when you go to the bathroom, you don't have to say my, my penis. I know, like like in a discussion, that's what I was trying to say. So if you have a discussion about puberty, you have to say my private part. What do you say? But then that means that you guys can never talk about it together, right? Yeah, you can't talk about it. Right, see, this is my issue also. That's what I'm saying is that because you are not allowed to discuss it in schools, especially this part of the world where these things, you know, if you say sex education, there is an intention that you are advocating for sex therapy or yeah. for sex itself. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you do sex education, I mean, I was raised in the U.S. So we, I was so happy we had sex education because there is no way my mother would have sat down and told me that I am going to have a period and I'm going to have PMS. I mean, I remember I woke up one day, I'm like, oh my God. What happened to me, you know? <laughs> and then I go and tell my, my mom. And of course, I'm scared because I have no idea what this is. It was like a hush-hush thing at home. And then she says, go talk to your sister. Go talk to your older sister. Suddenly, it's my older sister's responsibility. <laughs> and they don't even tell you. They just told you that this is something you how you should protect yourself with a pad. That's it. When I went to the U.S., this was in the Middle East. And then when I went to the U.S., I was so happy because no one wants to talk about it. Then we had sex education where they talk to you about the process and what your body's going through and what happens exactly when you do have your period and what's going on. So the idea is, is that here, they don't have that opportunity. And so at least Larson and Larsa are being raised by a mom who is open-minded and we discuss these things. And I don't have any problems with being able to say, Look, this is a vagina. This is a penis. This is what we do. And also make sure that they will come to me and talk, especially him. Like, I'm not a guy, but if he says, mom, I have these kind of feelings, then at least I'll know what to answer. But there are homes that mm -hmm. it's tabooed at home. It's taboo at school. And what is these kids going to do as teenagers? They're going to experiment. And I feel like it's a fear. I know you're telling kids to go talk to their parents, but I also think it's a fear of telling your parents and how they're going to react because there's very strict parents here. Mm. And it's like, oh, what are you saying? You want to do it? Or like, you understand? Right, exactly. Because some parents here are yes. horrible. They shouldn't even be parents. In the they're going to they say like, oh, you want to do it? Okay, go do it. Then leave my house or something like that. The like, adolescence doesn't mean yeah. sex. And I think this is what parents need to be separating it. What we need to do is be able to have that conversation. You know, when your kid is eight or nine and you know that they're going to start having puberty, 
is if we start talking about it a little bit, like with my nine-year-old, right? Now she knows when she comes and asks me a question, for example, instead of her listening from the nanny, I don't know what the nanny's going to tell her. Yeah. I mean, we have a good nanny, you know, and they come from such a different culture from our culture. They could be talking about anything with them, right? Yeah. Because my daughter has that relationship with me or my son, they can say to me, mom, so-and-so in the class was saying something today about penis or sex or whatever. What do you think about that? They are not scared to approach me. And while there's other kids, they're so scared to talk about puberty in sense without having to think that it's something bad. But it's not even puberty. There are some kids that are deathly terrified to speak to their parents about anything. It's very true. And if you don't have an open line of communication with your parents and you hide things and you don't tell them, that's when you get into trouble. I mean, at least in my sense, I couldn't go up to my dad and say, hey, dad, I'm having feelings for this girl. What do I do? Or dad, this is going on in my life. What can I do? It just allowed me to kind of like, okay, I got to hide this because he'll get mad. He'll ground me. Mm. I mean, my dad was kind of violent with us, so Mm. he'll probably smack me around a little bit. Mm. And it was like, okay, fine. I'll hide it. Mm -hmm. I'll let it blow out of proportion and then get into more trouble over it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the vicious cycle. But I feel like some fathers, if you tell them, they'll just overreact. They're like, oh, really? So when does this? They're going to overreact about it. They're going to be like, oh, really? You like this girl? Oh, so what's your type? And they want to bond with you, but it's really not the moment to bond with you. Yeah, they want to bond sexually. And then once you tell them and then for the rest of your life, like when you see them, they're like, oh, Larson, do you like that girl over there? Ooh, she's so hot. It turns into a joke. It turns into whatever. Yeah, I get you, man. And that hurts your feelings because then it's like, oh, you know, I told him this and now they're making fun of me. No, he's not making fun. He's just wants to like... Not making fun, but it's like, it's a weird joke. Like, no, that's not how I meant it. Yeah, yeah. But also that they're missing the point. They're trying to create a conversation with you. So that way they want to... First of all, adolescents are testing the limit. Is this an okay subject? So they'll mention a little bit about liking because they know dad likes to know that you like a girl, that means you're not gay, right? So now suddenly we've got this, oh, my son is macho, right? He's a man. He's already liking girls. So he can talk about it in Diwaniyas and other places, right? guys, fathers especially. The fathers especially. But they don't have the right conversation when their son says, I like this girl. Because then it should be, you like her in which way? Yeah, exactly. And do you know women need to be treated a certain way? That's right. Do you know that you have to, you know, be careful in terms of not, you know, hurting her feelings That's or right. whatever. That's right. And her hurting your feelings That's also. Right. And you're supposed to respect her. You That's, know, this is a yeah, conversation yeah. that should it's a be. Huge, it's a not long like, conversation. Not like, oh, she's hot, huh? What do you like about her? She's hot. This is not the way you talk to a, a, a boy yeah. who's liking a girl. These are the conversations. You're supposed to respect her. Wow, now you're starting to know what like is. You know, this is how you should like a girl. This is the time. But, you know, they're highlighting the idea that, ooh, my son is macho. He's 14. I mean, you know, he goes and tells his dad, I like this girl. And suddenly like, ooh, he's sexualizing it. First of all, he's doing two things. A, to see how his dad responds. And B, he wants to start a conversation because maybe he wants to go into the other part, which is now adolescence. Is this normal? Is this not normal? Am I supposed to like her? You know, what kind of a conversation should I have with her? It boggles my mind. Some of these parents, like you said, they shouldn't be parents. You met my dad, right? I met your dad. If your son was not here, I would tell you what my father said to me. Now, to put it into context, my dad's been married six times. <laughs> and he's, like, he's enjoyed women. <laughs> he's, enjoyed, he's enjoyed his fair share of women, definitely. And he's done now, right? Yeah, yeah, he's done. I think he's reached that age. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think 
he settled down a little bit. <laughs> you know, my dad handled it in a really bad way. Mm. And I'm still shocked. And we've <laughs> talked about this before of oh. how I've turned out. Yes. Like I'm not a womanizer. Yeah. And if I go back to that conversation I had with my father, I should have no respect for women from what, from uh, what he said right. to me. It's But what helped you, you think? The strong women that I grew up around. Uh, you know, my mother was a very strong woman. My grandmother was an extremely strong woman. Mm. All my aunts were very strong women in terms of opinionated. And, you know, they still kind of followed the weird cultural norms, uh, but they could fend for themselves. And I had a respect for that, I guess. That helps. See, so maybe for these adolescents that are, don't have a dad to talk to or a mom or where it's tabooed is to be able to find somebody else that they find. You know, for me, for example, because my parents were strict and when we went to the U.S., I mean, even if we stayed here, I don't think they would have been able to have a conversation. Like my mother, no way. Even when I got married, she didn't even tell me, what do you do when you get married? She didn't have a conversation. And that's so typical of a lot of Arab moms and maybe other moms. Because it's like something is very uncomfortable for them to sit down and say, look, yeah. you're going into this part of life and sex is part of it. And the idea is, is that when I went to the U.S., so not only the sex education class, but the teacher that was teaching us, she was really wonderful. That afterward, I was able to like ask her certain questions. I, I mean, mean, don't we want someone to be able to go to and yeah. say, look, I mean, what do you think? I mean, you know, I to mean, me, it helped me tremendously. Then I realized <laughs> here I am. By the time I got to America, I was already, I've had my period maybe for two, three years. So I don't understand nothing about fallopian tubes. And I don't know what, <laughs> <laughs> these eggs and they're coming down. And when I got there, I was like, wow, so this is it. There's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, do we want someone to mentor you? I maybe. mean, we, we should have someone to mentor us. And I want to go back to like the topic when we were talking about our fathers. I feel like when our fathers say stuff like that, because of what they said to us, you want to go to school and all you want to talk about is like in a relationship, you don't think about, like you were saying, how to treat someone or love in a relationship. They're, all they want to talk about is sex in a relationship. Right. That's yes. right. And I feel like having a mentor like that, like a sex ed teacher would teach you like, this is how you're supposed to do it. Make sure you're ready. Not and the make process sure, of sex, but more of the process yes, of your body. And make sure liking someone isn't always about… Right, intimacy. That's yes, right. it's about how you treat each other. Mm -hmm. And I feel like having sex ed or like health class, they would teach you more about that. Especially like I feel a lot of boys do not grow up in families where they have been taught on how to treat women. Like proper treatment. We're not talking about even sex. We're talking about respect. Men, Arab men in general don't know how to treat women. And that's not nice. Like, they were taught they can have four or five wives. It's okay. It's not even from that. It stems from a respect perspective of how the father treats the mother. And it's yeah, just kind of a cascading thing. But I want to go back to what we were talking about with mentors and parents that are listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. You should be the mentor. Yeah, yes. Your right. kids shouldn't be going out right. seeking. I was a baseball coach. And I had players that would come up to me saying, Hey, coach, I like this girl. I don't know what to do. What yeah. should I do? See? And, you know, I was the big brother, so to right. speak. As much a jerk as a coach I was, mm. kids still came up to me to talk to me about problems that they should have been talking about to their parents. But they that's couldn't. That's right. And they I, weren't providing a safe environment. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know. I'm hoping that Larson will tell me if I was a good mentor or not. But You're an amazing mentor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I paid him to say that. <laughs> but I mean. I don't really think I'm here to be my son or my daughter's best friend. I don't believe in that. I know, Mahdi, you disagree with me, but <laughs> because see, they can always have a friend yes. and they can always have a best friend. They need a mom. And I feel like I want that relationship where they can come to me and seek my support. I mean, nowadays, they just get on Google and they Google everything, but that information is not what I want my kid to have. 
It's my job to offer them information that I think they're ready for. But with parents, if you don't have a conversation, if you don't open up this line of communication, your kid is learning a lot of things. And you know what's so sad is I see some kids that are 14, they're acting 18. Yeah. Because the information that they're getting from the internet is information for somebody older than them. Like you can go on social media now, you can see all these 12-year-olds Oh, 13-year-olds, you can mistaken them for like 23, mm-hmm. 24, the way they dress. Like Larsa has a friend. She dresses like she's my age and she's like nine. Yeah, see, because somebody has to be able to let them know. Developmentally, it's important for us to develop the proper time at the proper age. <clears throat> like we shouldn't be younger than our age and we shouldn't be older than our age. Just have fun. You're a kid. You have all these years to grow. And all these kids, they want to grow up fast so they can be mature. But have fun. Like, yeah. go get in trouble. Oh, no, I'm not telling you guys to go get in trouble. I just go have fun. Go play. You're Use right, a slide. Dude. Look You're at right. me. I'm 14. I'm still going to kid play place and magic planet. Dude, but, that, but that's how it should be. When yes. I was 14 years old, I was outside playing soccer. I was playing kill the kid. And you don't want to play kill the kid. <laughs> but we were playing kill the kid, soccer, light and fires. You don't want to do that either. Okay? <laughs> that will get you into trouble. Trust me. All right? Just go have fun. Like, because just, all yeah. these kids are behind computers. PlayStation. I feel like that's also brainwashing. I, my now, mom. Dude, can I ask you a question? Because yes. you're still in school. Are kids still athletic? Yes, but it's going down every year because I mean, like, you can make money off YouTube, gaming, uh, podcast. I mean, in, no, in recess, you guys don't money. play like, you know. No, you in recess, you should see these kids. I was passing by elementary to pick up my sister the other day. Literally, there's a whole line of kids. There's a few kids on the swings. They're all on their laptops like this. Wow. Yeah. Have fun. I, I couldn't m- believe they wouldn't let DJ on the monkey bars. Oh, why? Because kids don't know how to use the monkey bars. Oh, jeez. And he could use the monkey bars. And they were like, oh, no, he has to be under supervision. And DJ picked up monkey bars in the States. Mm. And I saw how far behind he was from American kids that went to a playground all the time. And I'm just wondering, your school, is it kind of like that, too? Because our school is based on technology. So they give everyone laptops and they're all playing games, cut the rope and all these kid games. Fortnite, and I feel like they violence it so much. So now there's more fighting at school because like Fortnite, they're all killing each other, Call of Duty, PUBG. What my mom does, it's amazing, is that she limits us on electronics. See, we have like 45 minutes before we go to sleep. I could watch my show. I have a Nintendo Switch. What do you guys watch now, man? What's the popular thing for your age group? I watched the show Once Upon a Time. It's like an old show, but I love it so it's much. It's that old, is it? No. It's 2018. They ended it, but it was so, it's, it's such a nice show. Uh, then if but you, it's a if good you watch show. Seinfeld, that would be ancient. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I feel like we're going back into the nostalgia. More people are watching like Friends and uh, okay. Full House. I don't know. They're all watching these Netflix series. Now shows, there's like 13 Reasons Why about like suicide and all that. Wow. I feel like that also like encourages suicide and depression. And now, since depression and all this suicide is so big in the media, everyone's walking to school. I have depression. Don't talk to me. You want to say that's how yeah. it is at school. And they're glamorizing. Them my, you tell them my mom's a shrink. <laughs> you should say, come see my mom. Yeah. But it's true, true. It's glamorized now. You know, the yeah. other day when we went to that function together, there was another girl there from the radio. And she's like, you know, I really need to have you on the show. And I'm like, oh, sure. Why? She's like, you know, I am so sick and tired of having all these fashionistas and bloggers that are using the psychological disorders like depression as a glamour now. And, you know, at first it was more like to bring awareness, which, yeah. you know, I'm so big about that. And now I feel like more and more people are like using it so they can have more people follow that. Do you think from your perspective, I mean, do you think it's just been blown up? I mean, look, there's depression 
Yes. And then there is like, oh, he broke up with me or, oh, I got a bad appraisal at work. So I'm depressed or I had a bad day. We all have bad days. That's right. I mean, you should see all these YouTubers. Like every other video you see is like, I have to tell you guys something. I've been diagnosed and then they make up some disease. I'm I'm saying like maybe they too. They're like, I'm depressed and anxiety and YouTube is giving me all this. Because that's what kids are watching nowadays. And they're watching all these fashionistas. And I feel like that's where eating disorder comes from and all this. Oh, 100%. And they're all watching yeah. these skinny kids walk in. The other day, I was giving a lecture at my school uh, to my friends about plus size. Like, I'm fat myself. And I make jokes about it all the time. <laughs> and I was telling my mom. She was like, what? She was telling my mom, like, Larson, you should be skinny. I said, why should I be skinny? Then what can I make fun of myself for? It should be fun. You know? Like it's, the other- it's love and life, dude. <laughs> yes. I always make jokes. Like, the other day, my sister was like, we've always passed by this bridge in Kuwait. And it always smells bad in the bus. Everyone of the kids says, Oh, it's Larson fart. Of course they're going to say the fat kids fart. Why? The skinny kids get it. All the skinny kids smell so nice. I know, right? We probably smell like McDonald's. Like, <laughs> I mean, like… How about that guy that told you? Some guy it? was like, come up. She's like, Larson, how many times a day do you go to McDonald's? I said, I go there 24-7. Don't <laughs> What do you think? That, that is an awesome attitude, though. Like, dude, that is awesome. I mean, you have to love your body. He and then is I, so funny, this kid. Is I mean, so when you walk into a shop, you, you, you look all the way to the end and it's like, wait. You're like, where's the… You're looking through the size it's like it's all skinny people and then you walk over and like all the ugly clothes are they leave for the fat people here's garbage bag garbage can take it I can't I feel like we should we should be more in the media I'm not working so hard to lose weight because if I lose weight I'm just feeding into that I mean, I guess I want to stay this healthy. This kid is smart. Yes. Thank you. You are Thank smart, you. He's my boy. That's awesome. Like, dude, honestly, like that is such a great attitude to have. Thank you. If we, if everyone had just a smidgen of that attitude, yes. we wouldn't have all the freaking yes. nut bags that we have or today. Or eating disorders. That and they're have. all like, yeah. yes, and you see all these kids, they come in skinny and they're all like, I can't eat this. Even parents, see, like we're talking about parents. I have so many friends at school who their parents make fun of them because of their size. I have this girl. She's so skinny. She's my best friend. And she walks in and she's like, my mom called me fat the other day. I can't eat anymore. I said, what do you mean you can't eat? Go eat. Go eat. Just go. Actually, that's really common. I have a friend Hmm. slash like family member type of deal. Uh. Even when she was younger, her parents used to tell her she was fat. And I never caught on to it. But someone else caught on to that. She was bulimic. Oh, jeez. And it was really bad. And it was just like, dude. And it's because her parents called her fat. And in this culture, people are jerks. They don't know any better. It's sad. It really is. I mean, you could go on social media. You should see all these singers. Trust me, man. I'm in the fitness. Yes. One of our shows is health and fitness. The amount of crap that I see peddled out there. The worst place to take advice, by the way, is the fitness industry on eating. Okay. Hands down. Because every single person. No sugar. No this. this. I'm going to be eating grass and air after listening to all this. I was like, oh. I mean, look, look there, there, there are things that make sense, but most people in the fitness industry have an eating disorder of some sort. Yes. They really do. That's they, true. they really do. No one is happy. But that's because you're bombarded by these images that, you know, beauty means skinny. And so kids like this, I mean, at my age, I'm like, whatever. And I work out and I keep fit because of my age and I want to live long enough to raise them. Or skinny means I mean, athletic. I'm not saying I'm not healthy. I exercise all the time. I go to skating almost every day. I eat healthy. We eat vegetables. Once every two weeks, I go with my father. We, he takes us to McDonald's. <laughs> He's about, the unhealthy. Yes. But I'm also talking about how like the idea is, is that, you know, if you have that channel of communication, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a difference between parents that says you're so fat. I know parents here and I see them even at the clinic. Like she's so fat. I'm worried that she's not going to be married. 
This yes. is the focus now. Instead of saying I'm worried about her health, like we do talk yes, about. Yes, we do talk about my health. And I have to constantly remind her that I'm doing well. We go for checkups. Well, that's smart. That's good. Yes, because yeah, you know that diabetes is very yes. fast yeah. here. Yeah, and that's true. Kids' diabetes, and we have it in a family. But to have a conversation with him about Larson, I don't want you to have sugar. I don't want you to have a diabetes. Yes. We need to really monitor, especially that's it's in smart. my genes. That's it's a very yeah. different discussion yep. than saying you're fat. And that you really need to lose weight. And again, that brings me back to how parents really communicate with their kids. The idea is that if you want to have a relationship with your kids so that way they can trust you and feel safe with you. I mean, just like you said, your friend or the cousin, this is something I see even see it at the university. They're making fun of this kid grew up so long, so many years with their parents saying, especially the mom, you got to lose weight. No one's going to marry you. Who's going to ever fall in love with you? You're going to stay home and not be married and have the opportunity of experiencing. Like at school, they do that too a lot. And I mean, like, they're always making fun of the fat guys. So what about the skinny kids? They're literally bones. And that's the thing, yes. though. Like, dude, I mean, with your size, yeah. what I would have given to Ben, 14 years old and at your size, because if someone says something to me, I just tackle them. You know, back then, I was the small kid. I say I know how to throw hands, but I really don't. To me, I feel like verbally attacking them hurts more. I was also saying that how you were talking about fitness and I feel like everyone's saying if you don't eat this, then you're not healthy. So you have to eat vegetables. We can have chocolate, but in moderation, you could have it like this. I do listen to fitness podcasts and I do listen to all these. And they're always telling you, you can't eat this, no sugar, no this. And I feel like, why? You can eat whatever you want, just in moderation. You just got to be smart about it. No, yes. you're right, dude. No, you're 100% right. You know, he's very tall, but because of his size, and then he's constantly being the target of bullying. And then if I didn't have that relationship with him, I would never know that. I mean, there are parents like their kids get bullied because they're fat or because they're oversized or because they're tall or because whatever, they're gay or whatever. And, you know, they don't come home and tell anyone. This is where depression comes from. Yeah. You know, this kid has this kind of humor because I always tell him the best therapy is laughter. And the idea is that what can you do? This is your size. You're working on it. Or anyone tells you otherwise, you say that at least I'm working on it. But at least he can come home and say to me, mom, this is what happened. I can never take the bullying away, but I can at least help him manage it. I mean, I always feel bad to the other kids that come in, you know, or the parents that I know, or the kids that I know that they're bombarded by bullying and they're bombarded by the messages or the social media where they're getting this impression that you're supposed to be this size or they're supposed to be this figure and they, no one is their home to talk to them. And if they don't have a mentor, then of course depression increases. I had a discussion with my mom about yesterday because I got my Instagram taken away and I actually thought about <laughs> it and I was thinking that actually it's good. I feel like kids our age shouldn't have Instagram because <clears throat> we are scrolling through these pictures and then we get an ideal human being mm. through Instagram and then we go out and we are behind a screen so we can say whatever we want yeah. and they can't do anything about it. You literally go out and cyberbully and I think that's where <clears throat> cyberbullying comes from. From these insecure kids there could be a fat kid behind the screen who's just mad at himself, but you shouldn't be mad at yourself. You should embrace who you are. And I feel like they just take it out on all these other kids and tell them they're not good enough. And I feel like that's where most of like depression and anxiety and suicide comes from is cyberbullying. And I feel like kids our age shouldn't be responsible enough to have social media. There are social media platforms where it should be enough. Like TikTok, me and my sister, we use it. It's really fun. We just started using it. We are a little <laughs> addicted. It's appropriate. It's, you post 15-minute videos of yourself just making fun. 
But on Instagram, on the other hand, 15 seconds? Yeah, 15 second uh. videos. It's like fine. But Instagram, on the other hand, you're literally making, you could text, you're posting stories, all these celebrities are on <clears> it. <throat> See, on TikTok, on the other there's a few celebrities, but on Instagram, all these celebrities. Can you teach me how to use TikTok? Man? I can show you how to use TikTok. <laughs> all right, dude, because I have the project thing on TikTok. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, man. So, me too. I just started two weeks ago. I'm addicted. You should see how many times my mom. Yeah, I, just because I told him it's okay. Then I feel like it's black and white with this kid. Today, I just had a lecture. So he's supposed to come and talk about what he wants to talk about and just prepare and do his homework. And suddenly, Larson, where are you? I'm doing TikTok. Just because I told him it was okay. I, I took away his Instagram. And I think more parents need to really understand. You got to know your child and you got to know if they're ready or not. Because Instagram puts you more vulnerable to bullying. Yeah. And I told him, you know, a couple of times, some of these people that were on it or his friends or school or whatever, I didn't like the language that they were using. And I didn't like the bullying that they were saying. I mean, maybe to them, it was a joke, but I felt like he wasn't really mature enough to be able to handle it. Instagram's doing something about that. Did you see the uh, story I was posting? Like every Thursday, I've been posting a project quiz with yeah. things about oh, yeah, us. Yeah, that's... Did you see the one I posted about something with Heya, you and Meg and me being the yeah, annoying yeah, right. one on the show? Yeah. And Apparently, when people were clicking on it, uh, it would send a message, Instagram is against bullying, blah, 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 blah. Oh, wow, this is great. I know. Yes. Like, they're taking, yeah, Instagram but when you have is messages, taking measures. Yeah, DMs, yeah. No. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and Instagram is, to be fair, I mean, it's a good tool. Like, anything, it can be abused. But they're taking measures for your generation, where now they're starting to limit the content you're going to see for how to get abs or dietary supplements or whatever. They're going to start wonderful. that very soon. Yes. If people message you yeah. and it's all like bullying stuff, that's true. Then yeah, you cannot like true. he's hearing it. And then to be honest, I don't know about other parents out there, but for me, and it doesn't matter if I'm a psychologist or not, I'm still human. The other day he was asking me, he's like, Oh, everybody at this school knows me as the kid that got stripped <laughs> away from the you Instagram. See how much there's like Dude, she's doing like, you a favor. Yeah, they're like she really they're like, Larson, they're like get guys, did you see what I posted yesterday? I said, no, I didn't. <laughs> of course you didn't, Larson. You're the kid without Instagram. That's what I'm known for. They're always making fun of me because I don't have Instagram. That's what but I was dude, telling my mom. That, that's good for you, yes. man. She's doing you a favor. Yes. Trust and I me. feel like because my mom, she, when I ever have, I have social media, she's also signed in in my account. And I feel like more parents should do that mm. and not follow your kids because it's easy to block someone from seeing yeah. your story. I feel like more parents out there should do what my mom did <clears> and <throat> sign in as your kid on Instagram or any social media. So you can see real time what's going on. Now, some people might think I'm helicopter mom, where yes. I'm trying to control everything. And maybe I am a helicopter I don't know. mom. I mean, for what know? he's describing, <laughs> I'm going to say you're Okay, fine. I'm a helicopter extent. mom. But you're a cool helicopter <laughs> yes. mom. Because, because in all honesty, She's just you're, trying to protect you're, us. Yeah, you're, you're protecting your children. Yeah. You're teaching them what they need to know about life, which school does a horrible job. Yeah, that's very right. true. Very like, true. No Everything's outdated. Besides that, College was useless for one reason. It's still they, useless. It's, <laughs> you're a college professor. I'm a professor. It's, they didn't teach me how to manage my finances. No. And like, that's the most important actually, thing that's in life. actually really nice because <laughs> this, this year in our school, we have a how to manage economy and finance did, but class. But they teach you how to take out a loan, what an APR is. I mean, like, a finance class doesn't are. do that? No, no they we don't have, teach you. They, don't they teach, teach you how to do it for businesses, but not for yourself. Let me tell you. Why do you think 80% of Kuwaitis are in debt? Because they don't know true. how to manage their finances. No, in college, they don't teach us that. They don't teach us, you know, a lot of these life lessons we don't really get. We get it from life or we get it from mentors or we get it when we work. I mean, it's very true. Nobody taught me how to do it. You know what I used to think is like, nobody taught me how to take a loan. Like my first house I bought in Chicago, right? 
Nobody told me if this is the right number or not, is this percentage. And then, you know, there was one time it was like the end thing where everyone was refinancing. This is, of course, before the market bled down. And the thing is, is that nobody told me that you shouldn't refinance and then take a lot of money out of your house and then you're in debt and then you end up paying things that you owe on the house more than its value. You're right. They don't teach you these yeah. things. And for me, Larson is like saying that, mom, are you going to teach me like how to use a credit like card? I have my mom. Now she's teaching me how to use this because I'm very curious. I want like credit cards and all this. I don't Dude, know I'll how to use the, any I'll of I'll give this. you the golden rule about credit cards. Don't use it. No, you get one. <laughs> you get one that has points. Okay. Or reward yeah. points. Now they okay? all have, right? Eh, not all of them. In America, they do. In America, they do. But it depends on what kind of... Re- I got the Miles card. Oh, the Miles. That yeah. is good. That flew me to the States after oh. having it for like six years. But here's the trick. You buy something on it, you pay it off immediately. Oh. Yeah, you don't wait. You buy it, yeah. you pay it. That's you what buy I was it, telling you. You pay it. Because then, all right, you're spending, say, 20 KD. But at least you're getting a half KD in return. You're getting something back for it. So that's going to help you later on versus getting a credit card when I was in my 20s, running it up to $10,000, then going in debt. They cut the credit card. I'm not making the payments, but they're still charging me That's right. the interest rate. And instead of paying 10000 I had to pay 14000 So you got to be real careful, man. You got a couple of years ahead. of You'll be all right. You're a smart kid. And I think these are really proper questions. I mean, what I found is a lot of parents, for example, they don't really teach their kids how to manage their finances. They're just giving them money. But they don't like, know. You know. Sometimes Larson says like, you know, some of these kids his age, they'll go to the mall or they're going to these they're places. Their credit cards. And they're swiping credit card. They have cash on them. Have you ever been to a <coughs> restaurant? Like uh, we'll go to a restaurant and I notice like two teenagers are out on whatever, you know, together as friends. Right. And then they're like ordering food. And then one of them have the credit card and they're like not even older than Larson's I age. wish my dad gave me his credit card. But see here again, you've got these two kids that are ordering yeah. whatever because yep. it's mom and dad's credit card. They're not really understanding this is an expensive meal or not expensive meal or that this restaurant is expensive. What's going to happen? These kids are going to get used to like doing these things because their dad is paying or mom. I don't care what people think. I tell Larson, Larson, this restaurant is too expensive. We don't need to go there. We had really nice meal in an expensive restaurant. Well, dinner, we should have it at home. Like, I don't mind having that conversation. I don't care if I'm a psychologist and I make good money. The idea is, is that I'm not saying I don't do it. And I tell them, it's not because I can't afford it. It's because you guys need to understand there are certain things. For example, they want to buy a house in the U.S. Okay, well, there's a deadline to it. He wants to go to boarding. There are budget for these things. Just because I can afford to take you out to eat every day, I'm not going to do that. But I know that there are lots of parents, they feel awkward telling their kids, no, we can't afford it. Yeah. Because especially in this part of the world, because it means that I'm poor. Well, I don't care whether they think I'm poor or not. I mean, and they're very conscientious. For example, they'll say activities here are expensive. You only can allow two activities. If you're going to be in piano, please use the best of it because I'm paying money for it. Sometimes even my daughter's like, no, mom, let's not buy that. That's a bit expensive. There's nothing wrong with parents saying this and kids using that language. What's wrong with it? There's no way I'm going to go buy them name brand, even if I can afford it. For what? They're going to outgrow it. And then I'm going to be stuck with this stuff. And then I'm going to have to give them to charity anyways. Why? I don't wear that many name brand. I don't care if people think I'm a doctor. I should have name brand. I look good in whatever I wear. 
That's right. the most important thing. I do like thing. your sneakers, though. Those, those, they rock in the yeah, sketches. That's right. I wear them all the time. Yes. They come from, I don't wear heels as much anymore. Yeah, everybody. I'm just we're, very sp- we're sponsored by Skechers. <laughs> all right. All right. So you get pick like. them up. Two for two. Yeah. You go, you go there. You mention the Project Kuwait and you will get thrown out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but I think it's important, especially this part of the world. We need to really be aware of it. But you're right. Right now, I'm teaching DJ when we go into the store, mm. not to buy something that's right to buy it and it's so hard Mm. because we go into toys r us he looks around he can't find anything and then i know he's picking something up Uh, and he doesn't really want it uh, and i have to have the conversation with him and it's gotten better it's gotten a lot better over the last couple of months and i'm teaching him the options now like hey if we go to magic planet you can't play bowling you can only play games Mm -hmm. you have to choose if you want to get picked now then you can't have this ice cream that you want later on. So you need to make that decision. That's right. And research has shown that children who can wait on their gratification versus children who want instant gratification end up being more successful. That's right. I know that because I think it was 80% of the Fortune 500 company, like CEOs and stuff, mm-hmm. were surveyed. And as kids, they were all grown up as, you know, they could wait a little bit longer mm-hmm. for that gratification. It teaches you to build slow. It teaches you patience. to be patient. Yeah, exactly. Because all these kids who grow up getting whatever they want, whenever they want, mm-hmm. when they say they want to open a business because they think they're capable, and then when they get turned down, they're so frustrated, they say, I can't do this anymore. That's right. So it teaches you to not give up so quickly. Yes. And I think even if you look up at all these stories of successful people, most all of them will tell you that they didn't really have things handed to them and they had to wait a lot. And some of them even came from a misfortunate kind of a home where they couldn't even get some stuff. I mean, I've had parents say that to me. It's like, oh, but you shouldn't say that to your kid, right? You shouldn't say we can't afford this and we can't. Why not? I need to be honest and I have to have an honest conversation. I know parents that put themselves in debt. They go get a loan. And just because they don't, they want to give a kid something that they know they can't afford. Why? But a lot of people here don't have the money. I mean, it's only a small percentage of people that really have the money. The other ones are middle class, but they act like they're upper class and they are ashamed to be able to say, no, I don't have this. So they'll go and take debt. I mean, I know people when they get their salary, we just got our salary, right? 25th, 26th is usually the time. They're broke like three days later. They will be broke by the end of this week. Not only because they spend it, it's because they have so many debts and loans and credit cards. And so the idea is that, you know, why would I want to do that to myself and stress myself out and stress them out? Doesn't make sense. That's true. I mean, th- does it affect you if I said to you, I can't afford this or I don't want to do this? I mean, it doesn't really bother me. I, I don't think my mom's poor. I know my mom's successful. It's not, it's more like we have other priorities. But money, to worry money about. isn't success. Money, yeah. isn't money, success. money is not success. Right. Money is definitely not success. And one of the things here is the podcast. You know, we don't make money off of it. Yeah, that's true. We just want to bring good information to people. Yeah. That's right. That's it's right. community service right now. And that's, that's right. the main goal of it. And there are a lot of people that are trainers mm-hmm. that are very successful trainers that aren't rich beyond wildest dreams, mm-hmm. but they're very successful at what they do and they're mm-hmm. good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Money doesn't justify that. What about people in your field? Mm-hmm. They I mean, spend the same years thing. in yes. research, not making a dime. That's right. But their passion is research and then they have a breakthrough on whatever and, you know, like their names in a book somewhere. Not only that, I also there's a lot of psychologists who are amazing, but they're not well known. They don't like the spotlight, but they are amazing at what they do. 
And then there's other psychologists because they're good at marketing and they put their name out <laughs> That's there. That's so true. I mean, you cannot believe how many times I've heard this where, you know, you've got certain people that are on in the media and they have so many followers, supposedly. And then when you go see them face to face, people are disappointed. And then there are other people don't even have an account or they're not that active at all. When you go to see them, it's that genuineness. If you're doing it because you're trying to make money off of it, first of all, psychologists don't make that much money, you know, unless you are some sort of like you've discovered something in research. Most of the psychologists don't. And that's why we work two, so three ben, jobs. So Bandura wasn't driving a Porsche? Ben, Bandura, <laughs> pro, now he probably would have. He probably, he probably has a Volkswagen. I, I mean, for, yeah, exactly. See, even Bandura, like he is Stanford, right? But, you know, these people back then, they probably made a lot of money. But, you know, most psychologists are very humble. The big names are very humble. It's yeah. the ones that are not big names that show off. It's actually true. Speaking of trainers, I was having this discussion with someone the other day. Uh, Some of the best trainers that I know. Uh, the elite level athletes, we're talking the elite level athletes, and I know one of them here in Kuwait, you know, very humble, doesn't boast about it, doesn't make a show out of it. And then the middle of the ground average guy who has a little bit of strength is sitting there, you know, having people clap for him, cameras, lights, action, and basically doing the fake it till you make it. Uh, Whereas the people that do very well don't have to prove anything. Yeah, they, right. they don't have to say a word. Because their actions speak louder than anything anyone will say. You it's know? true. So, family time. I mean, this is like, you know. That's you guys what have some it. family time we're going on right here. Yeah, it is some So can time. I evaluate things like a straight yeah, wood? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I think you guys are totally dysfunctional. No, I'm, just, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm totally joking. I mean, like, I feel like family time is so important because I know all these kids who barely know their parents. They're like, you came out of your mother. How do you not know your mother? Mm -hmm. They're so used to having their parent not around. I'm not saying don't have so many kids, but some of these parents have so many kids and then they're like, have some with them and some they just mm. shun off. You understand what I mean? But, but also we're in a society where a lot of their homes have nannies. Yes. And I feel like yeah. nannies have replaced Makes yes. a big parenting. difference. I got a question for you because I, I thought you did something that I've never seen done by a teenager before. And I thought it was absolutely amazing, man. Like seriously, okay. giving you props for this. You, <laughs> your mom was here. You sent her a message and you were like, mom, I love you. I know you're really working hard, you know, and you're doing A, <laughs> B, and C. Dude, that, that takes a certain level of maturity <laughs> that adults don't have, to Thank be you. honest with you. And it's like, where did that come from? Where does that come from, that level of understanding? I mean, like, I feel like that you have to, you have to rhyme with your parents that you're, they're doing a good job. Mm. And that, because I feel like my mom or, or my parents, they're feeling stressed out. They're like, am I doing enough for my kids? Because yeah. like, I want to show that, that we appreciate what we're, you're doing. You're doing an amazing job. I don't want you to stress out too much mm. to remind them like we, do, we don't need you urgently. There's just a problem going on. We can solve it out. You just go have fun. See, my sister, on the other hand, I don't mean to like throw down or anything. <laughs> I mean like… Come on, she's nine. Like, she's, she's I know nine. she's nine. I used to do the same thing. But I feel like kids, they would be like, I need my mom right now. I don't care what she's doing. They're human beings too. They're not robots to be there 24-7. They have feelings. You need this to remind so them. You need to remind them that you love You're them. You're lucky. Oh, you yeah. are a lucky very, parent. I'm very lucky. And you have to remind them that you love them. Like whenever my mom takes us somewhere, we have to. I say thank you. Yeah, they do. They do. It's yeah, true. I feel like you have to constantly remind them. What about? Let's go the other way around. Yes. Let's go the other way around. <laughs> let's turn this around. Is it okay if I turn oh it around? Gosh, sure, Is it okay sure. if I ask you this question? Yeah. So what? What do kids need? And I'm not saying you. Yes. I'm saying kids in general because I know what my son needs. I know. 15 minutes with DJ 
he gives me uh, the biggest hug and the biggest kiss and says, thank you, daddy. Yeah. The other day we're walking in the avenues uh, and he goes, daddy, thank you for spending time with me. Oh, I love when you take me out. And I was just like, so amazing. I was just like, buddy, you don't have to say thank you. I was like, yes, I he love, does. I was like, don't I say that. No, but I was See, like, look, I love spending time with I you I got too. mad at my dad for saying that because he says, he says, don't say thank you. But I, like, you no, have to say, they have to. you have to show them that you appreciate your parent because then if you say you don't say thank you, then you get be clueless. Like, wait, you don't Yeah, but when, when I buy him something at the same time, he does say, oh, thank you, daddy, so much. So he distinguishes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. I'm totally different from their dad. Obviously, that's why we're not together. The dad <laughs> is like, you know, this is my job. I'm supposed. Yes, I understand. I yes. understand it's my job. I'm there. But my job is to do three things. Give them food, shelter, and a place to live. Anything extra. The, anything is else extra is gratitude. extra. People need to understand that. So if I'm taking them out to the avenues and it's a weekend and I haven't done anything for me and I only do anything for yeah. them. I mean, to say, mom, thank you for spending time with me. It doesn't mean that, I, you know, they're saying that this is extra thing you're doing. It's nice to feel appreciated. So I'm totally against these parents are like, oh, no, no, you don't need to thank me. Because the more we emphasize, you don't need to thank me. You know what they're going to do? They are going to take you for granted. Yes. Parents need to ask the kids. My question, I thought you were going to ask the other questions. Like, yeah. how, did, how did you get to become like this? Is that what you're asking? No. Oh, we already talked about that. But my other question was, all right, what do you guys need? I feel like it's how parents always tell your kids you're doing something wrong. Mm. Fix this. Fix that. And I feel like you also have to be reminded that parents, too, they do make mistakes. And you can't just sit there and be quiet because they're older than you. See, when my mom does something wrong, I would remind her, mom, I would like it if you did this. Don't say, mom, you're doing something wrong. Just just like that. Mom, I would love it if you would not put me down in this way and you're like, encourage me here. Yeah, it's true. Like, Actually, you said that today. I don't know what I said. You're like, oh, I was thinking today. And I said, oh, this is great. You were really thinking. And he's like, mom, that's mean. Yeah. You're making it sound like I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> what are you supposed to say? But you're right. Sometimes you, mom, you're really putting me down right now. And sometimes like as parents, you don't really that's, pay attention that takes, to that. That takes a lot of maturity, man. Like that takes a lot of maturity to say to your parents. Because we have a safe relationship. And because when he feels safe with me, he knows that when he says that, I'm not going to take a bar and beat him. I'm not going to shout at him. You're you're lucky, man. You know, so he knows he can say anything to me. I mean, I, I do scream. Come on, I'm human. I do yell at him and yell at his sister a lot. I mean, not a lot. Sometimes I've I've gotten better. But the idea is is that they also know I'm safe and they know that I'm going to say anything to my mom that she's not going to overreact. Yes. And it's true. So when he comes to me and says, mom, or when I'm talking, talking, you know, as parents, we don't really know we're being negative. If that's the conversation you've been taught to say. So like I grew up in a negative home. They thought they were giving you compliments. Did you get beaten as a kid? I got beaten as a kid. I got my ass kicked. I, I got... mean, I grew up with an alcoholic father. So when you grow up in a family that's dysfunctional, mom always upset. She was trying to control because yes. he was so out of control. The idea is is that you grow up as a child, there's a lot of fear and anxiety as a kid. So I didn't feel safe. There's no way I'm going to go and tell my mom. And also because I felt guilty because I felt like she had to go through so much. And for me to go and bombard her with whatever. But they grew up in a safe environment. So it's to say to mom, mom, you're really being negative now. I don't overreact. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Maybe I didn't realize it. And I see it with my clients all the time. They'll sit for 10 minutes saying negative things. And I'm like, do you know how many negative things you just said? And you know what they're like? I'm not negative. I'm a very positive person. (laughs) Seriously? I feel like parents who are listening, you should really take the time to make sure your kid actually understands 
See, in our family, we don't like beating. Violence is never the answer. Right. And I feel like as a kid, yes, I got spanked a couple times. But I mean, like I had the courage as a kid to tell my mom, no, I don't like being punished. Because to me, being spanked or being hit didn't really teach me anything. It was just like, okay, I said something wrong. She's going to beat me again. I got hurt once or twice. I, I always felt like beating was never the answer. But I feel like understanding, having a talk and saying, no, this is wrong. You're doing something wrong. You should have courage. I feel like you should never be scared of your parents. You were it's in, true, yeah. Especially mom. You were in your mom at one point. You're like technically the same person. You should have the courage to tell each other, look, mom, you're doing this correct. Look, mom, this. I feel like you shouldn't be scared. And if the kid doesn't have enough courage, I think it should be the parent's first job to say that. Because as a parent, you need to make sure your child is doing okay. And that he's actually understand because you can't just give them punishment for no reason. If I ever become a parent, I'm not gonna give them punishment. Just go to the corner. No, I'm gonna have a punishment where they will understand what they did wrong and why they did it. And see, my mom sometimes lets us pick our punishments. I know some parents would disagree with that, letting you pick your own punishment because she's like, "What do you think?" I said, "I okay, I think I should be grounded because then it teaches us, okay, so you did something wrong and you deserve the punishment you get for it." And I feel like beating them just tells them you're just getting a spanking and you don't really understand what goes on. She'd explain to me, Larson, you're in punishment. I had to remind her, mom, what did I did wrong? And it's good to ask, what did I do wrong? And we're kids. We don't understand anything. So it's always good to understand. I, think, I think you understand more than you let on. <laughs> <laughs> and to bond and like have that bonding moment with your parents. I feel like bonding with your parents is so important growing up because you never know, God forbid, what will happen. And I feel like growing up, your parent is the most important in your life. And both the parent and the child should have each other's back at any time. Yes, you were going to do bad things in your life, but then you have to have each other's back at all times. But this is what I believe. You, know, you want to sit down with my father for five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> You'll change your mind. I know, right? <laughs> well, no, dude, like, honestly, to wrap it up, you're very mature for your age. You. And seriously, Dr. D, good job. Well, like, thanks, seriously, good job. Thanks. I don't know if I should say good job to you or good job to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you're keeping everybody in line, dude. Thank you. No, but that's like, seriously, that's amazing. You have a beautiful family, doctor. Oh, thank thanks. You. Dude, like, seriously, keep it up, man. And stay true to yourself, man. Well, Be you. authentic, dude. Thank you. Yeah, yeah he wants to do a podcast. He wants to do a podcast. Own, so yes. I want to make sure that he's mature enough for that. Too. I think he's mature enough. You think? I think I have a good idea. I have a good creative idea for you, buddy. Oh, good. So I let's talk about that. Out. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. All right. There we go. There All we right. Go. So, All right. yeah, I think that wraps it up. Well, thanks, Larson. Thank thanks, dude. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks buddy. Me. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.